So I was at a place in my life that I felt like I was in a whirlwind, Mm -hmm. which is really the time for anyone to come on in if you're vulnerable to say, hey, I can help you fix that. Right. Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Cousin Eddie. And together, we're going to explore what it's like to be in and leave a religious cult. For more info on the Reclamation Podcast, find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Aldo B. Martin. Today, we have Tammy with us. Tammy is currently a licensed therapist in the state of New York, and she provides individual therapy, couples counseling, as well as family therapy. In addition to that, she also facilitates court-mandated domestic violence classes. She's been doing this work for the past 10 years. In addition to all of that, or prior to all of that, she was a member of the International Church of Christ, like the rest of us. Tammy, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We are happy to have you. And in addition to Tammy, we uh, Cousin Eddie's not with us today, but we do have a special co-host all the way from season one. Is Elena from 3B. Hello. Hello, Elena. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Haven't seen you in a very long time. All right, so anyhow, so Tammy, before we get into this this story Mm -hmm. of the ICOC, and we all have a story, please talk to us about your, your current practice, right? Like, what are you seeing in your current practice, and what are the discussions that are being had in the world of mental health? from your vantage point. Wow, wow, wow. So right now, um, currently right now, the world, we're all experiencing right now a public health crisis right now. So there's an extreme amount of anxiety, an extreme amount of depression. And um, the world as we once knew it has been changed. It, It has been changed. So there's a lot of people that are battling and struggling with being isolated. Right. Because of the quarantines and things like that, you can't really uh, communicate with their loved ones the way that you you once were able to and attend. So what I'm getting is a lot of people that are trying to figure out how to manage during a lot of this uncertainty. So that's kind of mostly the work that I'm doing right now with individuals and couples. And yeah. Okay. Okay. And and you're seeing this like 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 you said with the people that you're working with. Right. 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 Right now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're like the eyewitness on the street for us. Yeah, if you will. Yeah. I know. Eyewitness on the street. Now, let's get into this church. Mm-hmm. You got baptized. Correct me if I'm wrong here. You got baptized in 2003. Yes. Right. 2000. And you left in 2013. 2013. I was asked to leave. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a 10 year bid. Yes, if you will. Yes. <laughs> All right, tenure bid. Now, does your experience with the church play a role in what you do today professionally? Oh, wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. In order to really do the work that I'm doing right now, it really takes the time to set myself apart and really start to be self-aware. Right. And I really needed someone to listen. I really needed even coming into the to the organization at the time. I really needed someone to listen and I'm just just listening, just repeat back what I'm saying, but really listen. And I also needed guidance. 
that was huge. I needed guidance and I really needed to listen. You're talking about at the time when you were a member. Right, 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 right. So right now, the work that I'm doing, I just really wanted to be what I needed. I really wanted to be what I needed. I really wanted to be, if I can, that support that I needed beforehand. And even afterhand, I really wanted to. Yeah. I have a question. So prior to you studying, mm -hmm. did you yourself go through therapy? No, 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 no. I, I actually, I stuffed a lot of my emotions. So a lot of it, I didn't even know how to process a lot of it. I just knew that I needed some sort of support because I was going through something. I think I was around 21, 22 at the time in my life. And, and I really didn't know what was going on. So I kind of felt like that's what I needed, you know, and I really wanted to be that for other people. So when you say currently mm -hmm. you try to be now what you needed before. Right, right, right. So you're trying to be the therapist to provide the new, I'm trying to, I'm trying to really uh, wrap my mind around that. You're trying to, you're trying to be now what you needed before. Right, right, right. And right. what did you need before? I definitely needed support. I needed, needed support. I definitely needed guidance and support. Yeah. And that's what you're trying to be now. Right, in this right. Practice. Exactly. Even okay. more so after, after that whole experience. Yeah. Because that really shifted a lot of who I am today. I mean, it was ten years. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can't yeah. you can't ignore that. You can't a ignore that. A whole decade, yeah. So let's describe you as a member in the church. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now what was your level of involvement with the church? How were you viewed by the church? Were you a disgruntled member or were you happy to be there? And, and I need to say that because if, if you're a listener out there who's a former ICOC member, <laughs> we, we were categor categorized into, into, you know, two camps, right? You had your strugglers. <laughs> right? Yeah. If you know, you know. <laughs> yes. And then you had wow. the people that were sold out. Mm. Right? Sold and out for Christ, right? Sold out for the church. <laughs> wow. Sold out. Sold out for the church. Oh, wow. And and there really wasn't room for much of the middle. Mm. You know? I felt like it was either one mm. or the other. Where were you? with that <laughs> how were you viewed well you know what i was one of those and i've always this is just a part of my personality i was always very outgoing and extrovert always very bubbly I always so for me it was just like wow i get the opportunity you know so i was one of those people that were that was what you consider sold out you know i had that you know that fervor that spiritual fervor you know that i was mm. like all right who do i gotta talk to you mm. know what i mean i was kind of on fire for the lord you know, I, mean, I was on fire, super yes. spiritual. I wanted to be, um, I believe, what Elena probably said, that good girl. You kind of wanted to do right. You mm -hmm. wanted to, mm -hmm. you know, so I felt like this is showtime. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you will. You were ready. You were ready. <clears throat> yes, yeah, so I was one of those. I was like, what I got to do? I wasn't disgruntled. I enjoyed for a little while when it was new. Because when something's new, it's fresh, you know. Mm -hmm. Showtime. So I was excited. Showtime. Okay. So... What made you sold out? Like, were you one of these people that baptized other people? Oh, you know what? What made me sold out was just pretty much it was the environment. The atmosphere was welcoming. That's Understood. what really made me sold out. But Understood. when it came to recruiting people, converting people, later on during my time, I was actually assigned to the team ministry. Mm -hmm. But before that, though, yeah, yeah. You, you baptized some people, though. You know what? I think you. Oh, oh, if we really are thinking about it, which was really, really deep for me, two people specifically that were huge are my parents. 
you my ba- parents. You baptized your parents. Really? My wow. Parents, um, and, and, and not just that, you, you also baptized, uh, I believe, your high school best friend? My gosh, my high school best friend. How could you forget, Tammy? Oh, my wow. gosh. my my! And it was actually someone that I dated. He also, I, I studied the Bible. He got baptized, too. So, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Sometimes, you know, when you when you when we have these conversations, sometimes I feel like I forget sometimes. I yeah. wonder if I took yeah. it away. Yeah. yeah. And I think, Elena, maybe in one of the interviews in the past, you mentioned that. Sometimes. Did you forget? Because so much happened, you know, from that time since since leaving. You know, you don't always take the time to, mm. to, to, to reflect. Mm. It's all there, mm. you know, as we're talking, it's which is there. so great when we wow. hear these stories because it just yeah. jogs our memory. Right. I, I needed wow. I, I needed that part to be said because I want the people to know that you weren't just some angry, disgruntled member. Mm-mm. You were in it. Mm. You baptized your parents. Mm-hmm. That was the goal for everybody. Mm-hmm. That was a dream. <laughs> yes. That was the right. dream. That's right. Right. And that was like you scored big. If, I feel yeah. like you scored big if oh you got my. like a parent. Yeah, that's a three pointer. That's oh. <laughs> you yeah. definitely scored big. That's a three pointer. That was not you, easy. You also baptized your high school best friend and another friend. So yeah. you were able to influence your former friends from the world. Wow, yeah. And they were able to con- yeah. conform to, mm-hmm. to your new life, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I just wanted people wow, to know yeah. this is who Tammy is or Tammy was, mm-hmm. you know, for the church. Now, why did you become a member? Why did I become a member? Yeah. What was there a particular need mm. that you were looking for? Was there? I don't know. What 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 made you want to join? Belonging. I wanted to belong. I wanted to at the time being twenty one. I um I was also kind of seeking out, and I think I was dabbling possibly with Islam. Back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it was, I remember watching Malcolm X and just being taken aback. And I was just like, I like this. I like this. So it got to the point that I remember visiting like a local store in the neighborhood. And I was like, what do I need to do to be a Muslim? And he's like, visit the neighborhood mosque and it'll help you out. And right around that time, I was in City College. And I remember having an art history class. And that's what I met. What I've learned now was what called a, a disciple. I've learned and I met a disciple and that actually shifted. But I think that's what really is that I wanted belonging. I wanted to acceptance. I wanted answers. Mm-hmm. We go back to direction. I felt like I was out in the middle of nowhere and I, and I needed a compass, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I felt like, I like that. Yeah. you know, that was an opportunity um, for me to have that compass, at least to just kind of get me out of where I was, because that was better than being where I was at. So, And where were you? I was a a young woman. I pretty much had a just my my boyfriend at the time broke up with me, and I was, I think I was pretty much at City College, and I was flunking out. So I was at mm. a place in my life that I felt like I was in a whirlwind, mm-hmm. which is really the time for anyone to come on in if you're vulnerable to say, "Hey, I can help you fix that." Right. It's very enticing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Who wouldn't want it fixed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cousin Eddie, um, I think you guys know Cousin Eddie, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So he once said, because it's funny when we hear his perspective, because he he makes no blanket judgment Mm -hmm. on the the church or even on us as former members, but he just has these observations. And and there was one time when the three of us were talking, Mm -hmm. yourself, Cousin Eddie and I, and he thought... He said that he thought that the church seemed to utilize predatory behavior. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? 
Wow, predatory behavior, absolutely. Um, we talk about it over and over again, um, how it's really shaped and structured like a corporation. Yeah. And there was a particular target audience, right? There was a particular ideal customer, client, person, you know, and I think that that's what it really was. They kind of knew, you know, all of who they needed. And they would start usually with the young, you know, because their minds, our minds are pretty much, you can mold us to mm-hmm. believe and program, if you will, mm-hmm. <laughs> what, you know, what that's going to look like. So I think, yeah, I think that had a lot to do with, you know, just the whole structure of it being that corporation and them having a focus and they, they placed, they, they worked hard, you know, I, I knew that. <laughs> you know, it's funny you should say that because this just brought something in my mind I didn't even think about. You know, we, we talked a lot about, you know, them looking for sharp people. Mm-hmm. But if you talk about, just like Cousin Eddie said, a predatory behavior, behavior is it easier to, to find someone sharp or is someone who is weak and struggling? You can get an easy number that way. Ah, yes. Get them in, try to fix them. Right. Let's just give them encouragement. Mm-hmm. Easy number. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding. I met a quota. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can you, you rack up on those mm-hmm. first, and then you can look for the sharp ones. Right. So definitely that predatory, like, ooh, there's a weak one. There's a young one. Someone right. young. Yeah. So, wow. That's that's yeah. powerful. And it really is that you you think about one and it's usually those that are that are alone. When we talk about predatory behavior, you think about those that are young, yes. those that are alone, you yes. know, those that maybe that one straggler at the park. I was that one girl in that art class you look for, and that's what happens. <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> you know, part of me being a worker bee, you know, <laughs> part of me, I know, I know, I know, but I was just kinda like, wait a minute. Stay behind and talk to the teacher and have yeah. questions. Oh. Or pack your bag real slowly because oh, maybe then yes. someone will say, you know, meet you. I'm like, hey. Oh, man. You know what I'm talking about, right? Let me tell you, man. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something. For me, in, in college now, in the campus ministry, my, my tactic was a little different because mm. I, I wanted to make sure I was the best student in the class. Mm. And I would always ask the most questions. I would make sure my assignments were handed in on time. Mm. And I would always engage in participation so I could stand out from everybody. You put bass in your voice. When you... Tell you something, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I when I would share my faith with somebody in the class, they already know who I was. You know me. Mm. I'm the dude that sits in the middle. Mm. You know. Yes. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. So because 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 it didn't it didn't make sense for me to be the quiet kid in the class mm. in the corner, mm. and then all of a sudden share your faith with somebody, and they'd be like, "Who are you?" Mm. Nah, B, you already know who I am. Nice. I already started campaigning before you even knew. You know what I'm saying? You think I was answering questions because I knew the answer? Nah, B, I want you to know who I was. So when I invite you to this church, you could be like, oh. Right, that's, right, that's right. How you it had went to be down. all things to all men. That's what that scripture was. You know, you had to make sure that you had to be on your A game because, listen, you have to be an example to make it appealing. That's right. You know, what is it? Like, make the gospel look appealing. Attractive. That's what attractive. it was. Right. Make it attractive. Yeah. Okay. Now, when we spoke last, you mentioned having a sense of false security mm-hmm. as a church member. Mm-hmm. Can you discuss that a bit? What does that mean? Okay. Um, in regards to to full security, I, I, the first thing that comes to my mind again is Pleasantville, the movie, right? Pleasantville, the movie, everyone pretty much had the script, 
right? So you have this idea that, okay, we do the same thing every day. There's some safety. There's some security in this, right? Whatever comes my way, it's not going to be that hard because sort of like I live in this bubble. Right. Mm. So it's not going to be because I'm a disciple, sort of like I'm protected. So mm. I had this idea that while I was in there that that I, I, I'm I, I'm kind of safe. But in reality, it was like, wait a minute, because this is this is not real. Right. This is not something realistic in here. It's real. <laughs> it's here. But but when you step out into the real world for what it was, it was like, wait a minute. So it was really like, am I really secure? Is this really safe? So similar to, I think, another guest, you know, that, that I listened to. And it was just sort of like you were it was like a fog, like you were just kind of like, mm, I'm just kind of going through the motions. But when it came to security, it was like, wait a minute, am I? You know, what's going on? Like to just judge and say what what's secure and what's not. So I really felt like it was, wow. Yeah, there was no security at all. It, it just, but we thought the there illusion. was. Yeah, right. yeah. We thought there was. That's 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 for sure. You um you mentioned that listening to the program mm-hmm. produced some sort of post-traumatic stress. Oh yeah. Can you can you just explain what that means and how you experienced it in listening to this program? Post-traumatic stress disorder, when I think about that, right, just really trauma after, right? Trauma after the event. And for me, it was about, like I mentioned before, 10 years. So there was a lot of memories that are stored. And there would be different things that would happen that would trigger those memories that would come back up for me. And I would just wonder why, why would I just be so overtaken by emotions? Mm. Because I locked these memories mm. in and I really never talked about how to. A little bit after, we'll talk about that a little bit more. I had to see a therapist, which as we know, Dr. Melton may mention that therapists need therapists. Mm. And I really needed that time because for me, after listening, well, after going through that whole experience, again, I, I was in a whirlwind. Um I believe you mentioned it before, Aldo, but I I was suicidal afterwards. Literally, after everything that happened to me. I after, for, after leaving the church? After wow. being asked to leave the church, yeah. I I was just like, well, maybe God doesn't love me. Mm. Well, maybe because of, of a conversation that I had with one of the leaders of the organization at that time. I was just like, because, you know, because she told me, listen, you really messed up. And mm-hmm. I just felt like, oh my gosh, there's you know, no place for me. There's like, no place for me. I felt hopeless, and I was like, well, listen, I could go ahead and I'm not. I never once in my life ever considered cutting my journey short while I'm here. Never. So I was just really, it was really a moment for me to stop and think. When I listened to the reclamation, I was just like, wait a minute. I, I needed to hear this. I needed this space to be able. I needed to hear this. So this this stuff that we're doing right now is profound because I know after listening to that, I had to really unpack, 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 unpack. Definitely unpack mm. because that was a lot. I've cried several times listening to <laughs> oh, man. the podcast. Really, it was really. I remember staying. I, I, hope, I hope there were tears of laughter. They though. were. They were. You know, it was just. Yo, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Cousin Eddie's a funny dude. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was really, really, I just felt like just listening to other stories and listening to other people and just kind of made me feel like I'm not crazy. You're not alone. I'm not You're alone. Not, mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't the only one. I wasn't the only one. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It was really, yeah. I, I definitely want to get into when you left mm-hmm. and, and the why. Yeah. But before we get there, 
before we get there in our conversations and it should be noted that uh, uh Tammy and I we we've spoken several times yes. right yeah. since uh reconnected yep. and have spoken several times yep. uh since this has come out you you mentioned the term systemic programming mm-hmm. with the church mm-hmm. is it systemic or systematic systemic 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 yeah. mm-hmm. systemic programming can you explain that a little bit as it pertains to this church from your perspective? Next time on The Reclamation. You have to deprogram in order to reprogram. So coming in, there was this whole process of deprogramming the individual, if you will, to break them down, to, to build them back up. So you were isolated from the life you once knew, your friends or family were discouraged from remaining in touch with them because they were not where you're going. 